This is Bob Mosier, and you're listening to the Performance Matters podcast series. In this episode, we will meet a wonderful Five Moments of Need developer and consultant and strategist, Sue Reber, and she will take us through the power of something called targeted training. For years, we've pounded the digital coach for obvious reasons. It is the epicenter of what is a good Five Moments of Need solution, but at the same time, we have sometimes come across as dismissing the classroom, which is far from the truth. Of course, two of the five moments are addressed best by formal instruction. So Sue will take us deeper into the whys, hows, and whens to defend and use what is called targeted training. We hope you enjoy, love to hear your feedback, and welcome, friends, to another episode. So friends, welcome back to Performance Matters Podcast. Bob Mosier here. So excited you're joining us once again. Please continue to give us feedback on how these are doing. This is our 76th, I think, or 77th, so pretty spectacular. So we hope it's helpful. Please let us know. I am joined today once again by a dear friend and colleague of, my gosh, Sue, 30 years? Oh, 32 years, Bob. Oh, 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 my God. 32 years, the world-famous Sue Reaver, who is just, <laughs> as I say every time, just a remarkable designer, strategist, consultant in the five moments. She's been at it from day one and and just does remarkable work. So couldn't have a better person on the podcast to talk about a topic today. So Sue, thanks again for joining us. Thanks for inviting me. <laughs> so here's the theme, friend. This is a wonderful compliment to our last podcast, which was called Calling My Baby Ugly. <laughs> Uh, it was a story about the frustration many folks on this journey encounter when they run up against the old mindset of, well, training worked for me, and don't you dare touch my class. And, you know, and frankly, all of some of the obstacles we created in the years in which we made training and, you know, we, we led with training and all that kind of stuff. And so we're trying to make this make this fundamental shift. And so we talked holistically and principally about addressing that attitudinal narrative thing. Today, I want to go deeper, friend, because you're so brilliant at this. So the question is, how do I do that then? If I'm going to meet this request and I'm going to have something different, what does different look like? What do we call it? How do I explain it? All these things. So that's where we're going to go today. So Sue, let's start kind of holistically in segueing off of that baby ugly thing. And so are we saying that the classroom is minimized or dead or how is the classroom and is it still critical in a successful five moments of need workflow solution from your perspective? From my perspective, it's actually more critical. (laughs) So, and this methodology, it invigorates the classroom because instead of just having the instructor stand up there and be the sage on the stage and speak at people and then have a couple of little exercises here or there, it's much more hands-on. And it's, as we talk about targeted, it is targeted to the critical skills. Love that. Yeah, you know, as a trainer, my friend, back in the days that we started this journey together, there were certain classes and lessons I lied in bed the night before dreading, right? Because I, mm-hmm. I knew I knew either by the time I got to that lesson, they were overwhelmed and couldn't take anymore, or it was just a really hard thing for them to get. But darn it, we had to train it, right? Because it was in the outline. And, yes. in tra- and in training, we do everything, right? That's right. So, so, so let's go deeper on this word you used. We call it targeted training. Why do we call it that? Why is it the brand we've arrived at? And can you take us into sort of the one-on-one of the design of this thing? Yeah. 
So if you think about traditionally the way that as ISDs we approach training, we started with the objectives. We started with an overview of some, we want this course, the business threw over the wall, we want a course on this. And mm -hmm. we started out and we wrote objectives and then we wrote the content to meet the objectives and we had to cover everything. And it's a whole lot of this is what you need to know and not so much about what you need to do. We call mm -hmm. it targeted training because we are really targeting the skills that are critical, that have a critical impact of failure for the organization. And we are leaving the other pieces for people, the pieces that are not so critical that they can learn on their own in the flow of work. We're leaving those to be presented as part of the digital coach. And so they have that support on the job and they don't have to go back afterwards and look at their training materials or read their notes or ask people questions because it's all right there in the digital coach. So they, instead of spending the time trying to remember a bunch of stuff that the instructor is telling them, they are spending that time in training actually working on the skills that are critical to them to be able to do their job. So let's go deeper on two things, Sue, in there, if you don't mind. Mm -hmm. could, could you use some really important words that I think are misunderstood? Mm -hmm. SMEs juxtapose important and critical. Yep. Right. And, and darn it, when I used to sit in front of them doing a, a, a needs analysis or task analysis in the old days, everything, every mm -hmm. stinking thing was important. And mm -hmm. I get it. Everything is important. If you sit in front of leaders for a leadership course or a leadership outline or objective or outcomes, better word, right? Everything about leading is important to do well. It's important to do everything well. What's this critical thing you keep referencing? Is, is it the <laughs> same as important? How do we really get finite about what we mean by critical? Yeah. So, no, it is not the same as importance. <laughs> Because as you mentioned, everything is important or we wouldn't be actually needing to do it. Why would you do things that are not important on the job? Love that. So, yeah. What we mean by the critical impact of failure is the things that are critical are those things that if you don't do them correctly or if you don't, if you mess something up with them, that they are going to cause serious repercussions for you, your team, the business. And so that's what we look at. If I don't do this correctly, how bad is it going to be? And we want to target those things in the training because obviously those are the things that you need to practice in a safe environment. And the classroom is the best place to do that where you have an instructor right there to provide feedback instantly. Absolutely. Absolutely. What the instructor can do best. Khan always talks about the fact that unfortunately the way we've piled on the classroom for so long we've not let it do what it does best mm -hmm. we've not let the trainer do what trainers do best so my second question in this is take me a little bit deeper into the elements then of the course if you're an id what kind of things are you designing is it lecture based all the time is it because darn it when i had a thousand powerpoints to cover it was kind of fairly it was kind of lecture based to get yeah. through everything you, you know i maybe once in a while i ask questions and blah 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 but darn it the content won the day because there was just so much. So tell me about the actual like design components of this model. Yeah, so this is where I would say the targeted training invigorates the classroom because it is not lecture based. It's not the instructor standing in the front of the room 
reading you or all this stuff on the slide. Instead, the instructor is introducing something using the digital coach as part of the training. And I'm sure we'll get to that in a few minutes. And then the people in the class are actually doing the work hands on whatever it is that they need to do rather mm -hmm. than sitting through lecture based learning and just answering knowledge checks. It's hands on. What are the things that you need to practice? We talk about something called ramp up and down, Sue. Mm -hmm. Right. A really important design principle in this class that this model, excuse me, that, that actually, again, shines here. Mm -hmm. it, it's allowed here. In fact, it's, yeah. it's really spectacular in the kind of learning that occurs. Can you take us through what we what that model is about? What does ramp up yeah. and ramp down mean? Yeah. So at the beginning of the training, the trainer obviously plays an extremely important role in guiding the students. But as you go through the course, at the beginning of the training, you are also introducing the digital coach and the resources that people will have available to them when they go back to work. And so throughout the training day, the instructor is going to be guiding the teaching the students to fish. How's that? <laughs> yeah, I love that. Instead of giving them the fish, they're going to be teaching them, okay, where would you look for this? And it's more of I think it's more of an almost like an apprenticeship model, Bob, mm. where I'm going to start out as the instructor and I'm going to be demoing and guiding you. And I'm going to also show you where you can find the support that you need. And by the end of the training, by the time you walk out the door, then you know what resources you have available. You haven't had to try to remember everything like in the old days with the training manual and go back to your desk and like be leafing through a 300 page training manual to try to find something when you get to it in the real world. So that's Brilliant. how I see it is different. And it's intentional, right? It's not just mm -hmm. happenstance. You yep. design this handoff through guided and unguided practices. I mean, really, the and even you know the old days of instructor guides, right? We actually guide the instructor and, and say, look, don't yeah. talk here. This activity is designed more to be a little less guiding, a little more failure. Yeah. Done this survey zillions of times that students say they learn best through mm -hmm. trial and error and all those kinds of things. Yeah. This model allows that. And I, I think it's more rewarding for the trainer, too. Mm. Because, Why is that? Because you're seeing, you're really seeing the progression. Instead of it just being you, I've said it before, I'll say it again, the sage on the stage performing all day long, you're actually getting in and digging in with the students. And I feel like that is much more rewarding at the end of the day. And it's also less exhausting. Mm. Yeah, I remember teaching this model uh, long ago, friend, with you, and fighting two things. One was shutting up mm -hmm. because in my because every ounce of my being remembered the old teach everything class, and so it was hard not to. Yeah. Right. And, yep. and I think I think intuitively we're the kind of people that don't want folks to fail. We don't want them to struggle, right? Mm -hmm. um, but secondly, to your point, the thing that was amazing was I knew at the end of the day how my students did you know the old days of 26 faces in front of me whoever raised their hand the most i you know they kind of won the day right most everyone else nodded but in this model darn it you at the end you go wow mary still struggles a bit you know boy bill is so self-reliant by four o'clock i mean they were just cranking in the in the digital coach it's a very yes. different very different thing so let's go deeper into this digital coach thing then we promised to talk a bit more about mm -hmm. that you've talked about it in other podcasts but 
really important to bring into the context of this. What is it and yeah. why is it such a critical part then of this model? Yeah, so the digital coach is your support on the job to meet all five moments of need. So we talk about new and more being mostly in the classroom, but that content is all in the digital coach. So it's also available when you are at work. And really when you need the support is at the moment of apply or the moment of solve or the moment of change. And that is something that the traditional classroom could not do. The digital coach, that's how we approach it. You know, we've got all of your, everything that you do on the job, the tasks, the steps, the supporting knowledge, the resources, they're all associated with that task. And the performer can get to them on the job when they need it. You know, it's funny because back to your you know, teach to fish thing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, new and more is in there, right? Yep. In many ways, we're going to skip stuff. Mm-hmm. By the definition of critical impact impact of failure, there are things we're going to say. You you got the guardrails, you've got the life jacket on. Mm-hmm. You're not going to kill yourself or others. And I think it was hard for me, Sue, to let go of the fact that life is the best teacher. Yes. Right. It really is. And if that's my goal, if that's my outcome as an instructor, I have to be there for the critical stuff. That's just being responsible. But also being responsible is and this. This was a mental shift for me, letting them fail, knowing they would when they went back, even to things I hadn't maybe taught. But my goal was to equip them. Yes. And that's where the digital coach for me as a facilitator came in. Yeah. So trainers. Yeah. We're hitting, we're hitting at them. A lot of organizations use SMEs. Mm-hmm. Frankly, right? I mean, I mean, a lot of organizations, especially nowadays, my gosh, with the world as it is and the economy and other things, the days of a instructional faculty, <laughs> right? I mean, we had how many at LO, right? A lot oh, of wow. operations. <laughs> my gosh, we had 19 classrooms. That's at least 19 trainers. Yeah. I mean, Bank of America, I think, had like 100 or some crazy amount, yeah. you know, back when we first met them. Those days are gone. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of organizations will use SMEs as their trainers. We talked to one the other day that they said, we put people right on the floor. They coach slash mm-hmm. train, another version of training, right? Mm-hmm. No no instructional background at all. So how does this help them? What are, what are the elements of effective training in this model? So I think it helps them because they are not as subject matter experts. They know everything. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, subject matter experts are kind of like unconsciously competent. <laughs> and so they might skip stuff that mm-hmm. is actually really critical. And so I think that this having the digital coach and having the targeted training can really help them to make sure that they don't skip things for that new person. Mm-hmm. And also, like you said, the guardrails, I think it gives them the guardrails to not have to go off and on everything it's it allows them to be more focused and to do really what they do the best which is they are the expert yeah so i actually think it's brilliant to have a subject matter expert be the trainer in this instance because when people encounter things that don't work or they don't understand something you know that subject matter expert can really help them figure out i love where they're going wrong we had a trainer once tell us in this model, too, that when the burden was on him to be a trainer, all of his SME stuff went out the window. 
mm-hmm. because he was so terrified and so glued to the script. Yep. Right. In this model, he brought a rich years of experience. Yeah. And in that in, in storytelling examples, mm-hmm. watch out for this. That stuff's safe here. Yeah. Right? Yep. And there's time for it. Yeah. So everyone out there, especially our IDs who are listening, their memory, their minds churning, and understandably, because they've not made this journey, many of them yet, they're using what they know now, how they design now, the time it takes to design now, how much has to go into their design now. They're hearing us say this, but they don't know it yet, really, right? They haven't really done it. So a common objection we get to or obstacle is, oh my gosh, I can't help but go, I am overwhelmed now. It takes me forever now to design my training. This digital coach thing you're talking about, how am I going to have time to do this? What's your advice to them? Or what am I maybe not understanding right? Or because I agree, if it triples the time, uh, no. Yeah. So speak to that a bit, would you? Yeah. So I think for me, the biggest thing, and I think it's the biggest thing that I see instructional designers struggling with is changing their mindset. Mm. You know, you have in front of you the results of your rapid workflow analysis, These, and you have the critical impact of failure. You only need to focus on the things that are high critical impact of failure, and it actually kind of frees you up to be more creative mm. about what it is that you're designing. Instead of you know, trying to cover everything, you're really able to spend time thinking about what are the critical things and how, what is the best way for people to practice those in a safe environment? So help me with this one. Again, what I'm also probably thinking is the first thing I'm going to build is my class. Nope. Because that's, because that's what I always did. Yeah. And of course, and of course, because I did, everything went in it. Yeah. Right. Yep. What's the order of operation here? The order of operation is create the digital coach because that covers everything. And then you build your targeted training to incorporate the digital coach in the classroom so that people leave class knowing what's in there and how to use it. That's such a big aha for me because I think it was easier for me to let go of everything once I saw the digital coach first. Mm -hmm. Right. And, And those listening haven't really seen that yet. So, but when you build that digital coach first and you understand the robustness of it, the rigor of it, what elegant design of it, Mm -hmm. you go, sure. Well, I'm not going to teach margins. I mean, they can look it up (laughs) and it's it's not going to kill them. I mean, it really is. It really is a remarkable thing. So let's put a bow around this. If I'm out there listening You've been on this journey for 30 years, remarkably, and watched you mature through the whole thing and, and help us evolve the model in, in just remarkable ways. What advice do you give to folks on this journey? IDs, let's start with IDs. And if you don't mind, let's let's broaden that to like an L&D leader or the team. So let's, let's yeah. start with those in the trenches. What advice do you give them to, to begin embracing this? Have an open mind. I mean, don't just like a lot of times what I see is closed body language and you know, a closed mind, have an open mind. This really does work and it makes a lot of sense. And if you will open your mind and walk through it once, you'll see that, yes, it really does work. And there's a methodology. There's a mm-hmm. rigor. Yep. Yes. That's what we do, right? Ideas, we we, yeah. we fall back on, on a design. 
Yes. Right? Yep. How about LD leaders? Those out there, they're leading the charge. And it, what's interesting about them is they get sandwiched both ways, right? They got to lead yeah. the charge. They got to lead the charge up or yeah. out, probably a better word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because like our friend with the don't call my baby ugly thing, that poor leader was fighting the enterprise. Yeah. They also have to lead a team. Yeah. Right? So what's your advice to them in helping this work? Start small. Prove mm-hmm. that it works. And then you can you can start to tell that story and show, yes, this really does work. And the business will listen because really what they want is results. Love that. You know, Frank Wynn once said, you know, I stopped doing the PowerPoints. And when, when they asked me for e-learning, I said, sure. And then I gave them this. Mm-hmm. And, and they were like, wait, wait, this is, uh, you know, this is what e-learning looks like now. I mean, you know, it was, yeah. but, but, to your, but to your point, you realize that the proof literally is in the pudding, mm-hmm. right? And what yep. we hear over and over again is when learners see this, they want so much more. Yes. Right? Yep. Spectacular. As always, Sue, you're wonderful. Thanks for your thought leadership, your rigor, your passion around this whole thing. And if anybody wants more, they can, of course, reach you mm-hmm. at com. If yes. they want to follow up, answer any questions, by all means, post in the comments when it comes to the podcast, and we'll continue down the journey. Thanks, Sue, so much. Thanks, Bob. Well, that's it for this episode of the Five Moments of Need Performance Matters series. We look forward to future conversations around how to best put the five moments of need into practice. We welcome your feedback and can be reached on Twitter using my Twitter handle at BMOSH as well as our Five Moments of Need website, which is www.the5momentsofneed.com. We hope you're finding these helpful and we'll subscribe to future episodes. Have a great day, friends.